Recorded live. I think that sounds sicker every week that that plays. Scuba Obsessed is the weekly podcast. We talk about all things scuba diving from cool new gear, places to dive, and scuba in the news. Scuba Obsessed episode 90 is recorded live November 17, 2011. Welcome to Scuba Obsessed. Some of the articles we're going to have this week is we have Asian divers training in Jackson County. Uh, We have Scuba Center expanding, an engagement ring lost but then found. And we have Cousteau enlisting help of divers. And this week I'd like to welcome my co-host, Mac. How are you doing this week, Mac? (laughs) I'm doing pretty good. Uh, A little on the chilly side out there. We're finally getting away from that 60 degree weather down to the 30s. So I imagine that's going to uh, change our waters really quick. You know, I, I'm actually hoping for the water to chill down really quick. And I don't know, is that just a sickness I've got or, or what that it's is? A sick, it is a sickness. It is really good. I want it to either be nice and warm, balmy water temperatures, or I want it to be frozen to where we get hard ice. Well, you know, we could wait till after the New Year's dive. Unless we're going to have a good good freeze, then we might as well have thick ice. Well, that's what my thinking is. We just need to get that that ice forming and get it over with. So what's a th- is, well we're on we're on well we're on the topic before we get into the news. What's the thickest ice that you've had to cut through to go diving? The thickest? It's been a long time since we've had anything that's solid ice over six inches. Okay. But we have had twelve and fourteen before. Wow. And, you know that's cl- that's clear ice. That's not frosted. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, we've got uh, some eight millimeter photos over at Barren Lake that uh, we're on the bottom shooting through the ice at the people on the surface and vice versa. Uh, we have some of those presentations there there at the uh, uh, ice diving times. Okay, so what we'll do is we'll go ahead head on into the news, and uh, I, I don't know, we didn't really didn't seem to have a full news week this week, but uh, we'll go ahead and start off with. One of them, this first one, I'll paste it into the chat room as always. Uh, usually within a couple days, sometime on the weekend after the Thursday, I'll have the show notes up so you can follow along. If you're in the chat room, we paste them in and you get to view them just as we do. This first article is a discarded marker makes its way from Holland Lake to Great Falls. And uh, and I almost call this an editorial, just, just the way it's written. In 1991... Montana scuba divers honored two divers who had recently died. A festival at Holland Lake, uh, north of Seedley Lake. The group recognized Hap Johnson, a dive instructor who suffered a heart attack in Holland Lake while instructing a student, and Tom Clary, an instructor and Great Falls attorney who died in a car wreck on Rogers Pass on his way home from diving with friends. Uh, the Electric City Dive Club, I love that name, <laughs> Electric City, put together a permanent memorial, a plaque mounted on a rock for the pair along the shore of the Holland Lake Lodge, located on the island leased from the Forest Service. Families of the deceased, as well as many divers and other friends, gathered in the lawn of the lodge in a beautiful Memorial Day afternoon um, and unveiled the permanent plaque in memory of those two lost divers. And this is according to Don Erickson of Condon. Erickson said Holland Lake is a key area for Montana scuba diving. With state festivals held here, many divers are seeking certifications in the lake's cold waters. Erickson uh, recently retired 
to Holland Lake and stumbled upon the plaque, discarded like a piece of garbage in the woods behind the lodge, he said. He took it back home. The plaque is now in the dive club's hands, and Erickson said he hopes that he has given up hope that will be restored to its position on Lake Shore, but he can't help by being struck by what he called the hypocrisy of the situation. And I don't know who did it, he said. To me, it felt like there were almost someone removed the headstone from a cemetery and threw it in the woods without regard to the family members they left behind. The Forest Service had then advised it was against policy to have the monument a memorial in the Forest Service lands. Uh, Melissa Wilson of the Flathead National Forest spokesman said neither she nor anyone in the agency knew of either monument as far as she could determine. Speaking generally, she said, it is the true the Forest Service regulations say we should not approve a monument or plaque unless there's historical interest for the general public. And then Erickson said, eventually they did not care that there had been approval granted when the monument was placed there in the first place. A couple of years passed, Erickson stumbled upon another memorial on the lodge lawn, much larger than the dive clubs, honoring Hanjorg Wiss for all he did to save the Swiss Valley, Erickson said. I don't know who he was, but obviously he has more money and influence than scuba divers from Great Falls. I assume it had something to do with the Nature Conservatory, which was in the hand of the federal government to put up $200 million, probably borrowed from China. And that's his comment, not not mine. Uh, so, uh, And then after doing a little research, they said that Wiss was a billionaire, second richest man in Switzerland, and had worked to put land under public protection in the U.S. So kind of an uh, interesting story there, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think what I'd wind up doing, whether they liked me to or not, is if you had a nice marker, like a big stone or a big large piece of concrete, took that out there and sank it so it would be a couple of feet above the the bottom line you know the the sand bottom yeah. have the plaques mounted there and it's one of those out of sight out of minds but the divers who are interested in it will know yeah i mean my thought of it is just it was whoever the current people working the lodge had no idea it, it what i'm guessing is that when the plaque was originally put up they went to the people maintaining the lodge says would this be okay and of course they said yes, and they just put it up there, and then people forgot what the purpose was or the reason for it, and it just got moved around. So, Well, the other reason for putting things in writing and having a copy. Yeah, that would have been handy. That might have uh, saved a little bit of hassle in this situation. It was a nice gesture on the people. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I was with the Sheriff's Department Mounted Division, and that was something that I always struggled with is we, whenever somebody passed who had put a lot of years on the posse, their family would want to donate something and have a plaque. Well, it was getting to the point to where outside the clubhouse at the fairgrounds was nothing but plaques. So you, you kind of you want to honor the requests of people to be remembered, but it's really they, they all need to be remembered, just not to people who can afford to get a plaque or something put up. It's interesting you say that because a lot of places actually now do walls and then they do the bricks and the bricks seem to be quite common. Yeah. Well, the, when, when you're seeing the bricks, I think that's a that that's a big thing for a fundraiser because they can be just about yeah. anything. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I see that. Uh, this next one up is Professor Dives Despite Chilly Climate. And uh, this is a uh, shallow water breathing accompanies and images a 60 foot deep water on television screen as homemade movies as projected. Uh, what he's doing is he's showing these instructions to his underwater scuba class, which teaches students the basics of underwater scuba diving. It's, uh, I'm, I'm assuming, by the location, it's the University of Vermont. Uh, it has started as a part-time job in college 13 years ago, and he got hooked on it. He says he likes the camaraderie, the people, and being around the diving equipment. 
there's so much life underwater that most of the world doesn't see. There's a tons of shipwrecks. So he says, I missed Vermont, which is why I came back. And uh, that's where he's teaching. I had a group come up today. It was cold. It was dreary. They all had to come up with the biggest smiles in their faces, and it was awesome. He said, I like to see the course grow to the point where it would be a full each semester. He'd like to see more upper-level scuba courses. Over the years, students spread around the world and uh, to a scuba cl- uh, from a scuba class. He said, when the uh, university dropped the federal education requirement, the class still appeared to be popular thanks to word of mouth. Uh, one of the sophomores there said that he makes the class fun. It also makes it sure that we're comfortable in the water. I think if anyone had anything inkling to do, like I should take it, they should try it. I'm happy to talk to anyone. So uh, I always like to see this in schools. I think that's a great way of getting uh, people into the sport. Oh, absolutely. And I think the aspect of video and taking pictures is, is really the way to go. I mean, you can share a lot more when you can show them something. You can talk about it when you have pictures to go with it. It adds a lot to it. Yeah. Well, especially up here because, uh, you know, as, as great as as much as I love the diving, it's nice to have some video to in, encourage and draw them in. And then we yeah, move. Was, well, go ahead. I'll say I was looking through Facebook today, and one of the aspects I, I was looking for it, and I can't find it now, but um, uh, SAS, Rick SAS, yep. Subaquatic, uh, he had another picture section in a national magazine again. Wow. And again, part of what he's saying here, it's like, I can show you, I can tell you about it, but when I show, show you a picture, it means so much more. And uh, he started out, you know, doing a little bit of pictures. Now he's doing some really high quality stuff and sharing the love of diving. And that's great. That's what we want everybody to be doing. If you're listening to this podcast, you need to go grab a friend and com- if, uh, convince him to take scuba diving. Build a dive buddy. Um, next article up is shark repellent invented by surfer. And we have, we, this seems to be one of those reoccurring themes. The latest device is the electronic shark defense system designed by a Honolulu surfer, uh, along with an engineer and president of 3d innovations, a device which costs about 300 pounds sends out electrical pulses that interfere with the gel in the shark's nose. It is claiming extreme testing was conducted that shows the stark shay away from the user. They're recommending it that it can be used on uh, surfboards or even attached to a scuba diving kit. So, I wonder what the depth of it is, meaning is it submersible that you carry with you? Or do you put it in your flotation above you? Or what? Does it say that? No, it doesn't. Uh, they said it could be attached to the kit, so I'm imagining it must be some sort of waterproof, but... Yeah, but I was curious about the, the how far out it would be to give you some kind of protection. Yeah, let's take a look at the website. We can jump on over to the website for it. At least I thought I could. I was going to say, I can't. Uh, it's thinking. It's too much for it. I'll paste that in the chat room. They'll probably be able to get to it before I can. Uh-oh. Did I break something? Oh, well. We'll, we'll <laughs> These impromptu side side trips will kill us every time. Well, I just clicked on it, and I got the Welcome to the Shark Shield. It's called Freedom 7. Let's, let me look real quick, see if it has some reference on it. Okay, well, that, while, you're, while you're looking at that one, we'll go to the next one. And this is kind of the same thing with uh, colleges and scuba diving. And this one is in our backyard. Another one we paste in there. Uh, this one's at MSU from the State News. New scuba class draws members with underwater basic lessons. 
Uh, 40 students gathered at the IM Sports Circle pool to get hands-on experience with scuba diving equipment, an event hosted by the Resurfacing MSU Club. The goal of the event is to draw attention to the new MSU Scuba Club, to get as many people involved as possible. And it was uh, assisted by ZZ Underwater World in Lansing, Michigan. Uh, there used to be a scuba club here at MSU, but it got shut down for lack of interest. We just got certified by the PADI, and we wanted to get MSU students back involved with scuba diving. So excellent. Great news, guys. Glad to see you doing it. With more students in attendance than available equipment or instructor, the MSU scuba club deemed the event to be a success. I think that scuba diving could be really fun. Food science freshman said, I used to do some of the breathing with my stepfather, but I really wanted to do it independently. Uh, and then as the article always goes in, somebody said oxygen tanks, but we'll forgive them for that. We want to promote scuba diving, an exciting lifestyle that provides to college students, the senior said. Four feet down might not seem deep, but it is a completely different world. And Michigan might not be the typical dive spot people think of when they think for scuba, but when these lakes are here in the Great Lakes, there are plenty of opportunities to dive. Exactly. I don't know why somebody would not think of Michigan when you think of scuba diving. We got some excellent diving here. Not going to see the tropicals, but I don't think you can beat the shipwreck. Uh, students crowded the edge of the pool to see how new the equipment worked, and uh, they finally got a chance to slip below the surface. It was definitely awesome. I came out because of the outdoors club, and I really enjoyed myself. So another example of a university bringing some more students into the sport. And we've got a little bit of that going on with our dive club, don't we, Mac? I'm sorry, say again? Don't we have a little bit of that going on with our dive club? we got uh, the Andrews University has got their own dive club that's getting going. Yeah, they do, and they have some activities and, and trips that we do not have uh, because their, their sponsorship is a little different. Uh, they also have their in-house instructors, meaning uh, people who work there at the university who are qualified instructors, so it sort of melds together. It's one of those advantageous items for the university to have their own people involved in their own diving club. We're a little bit different, but I'm glad we, we are able to use the facilities there. When we were talking about uh, the other group that you just mentioned, one of the bigger uh, dive clubs in that area is the Ford Seahorses. So maybe the university doesn't have um, a club per se, but there are active clubs in that vicinity for them to um, get attached to and contribute to. And then we just had DEMA completing up last week or the week before, actually. And uh, not surprisingly... Uh, some foreign divers who came in to attend Diva, DEMA took advantage of the situation. And uh, the article, I don't, uh, it says Asian divers train in Jackson County. Uh, divers uh, from all over the world converged, converged on Jackson County this week to take part in some specialized training to dive on their own. Three men from Korea, three from China were here to receive instructions on how to teach others to use side mount air tanks once they get back home. Uh, Ed Sorensen, owner of Cave Adventures, uh, in Jim Carlisle of Mobile, Alabama, established a training program for their organization, Professional Scuba Association International, and are the only two certified by the organization to train scuba divers on side mounts. So that's one of those things that I, I'm interested in. I hear a lot of people trying to talk me out of it, but there's just something that I find attractive about side mounts. Well, an advantage to side mounts, they've identified it for two groups of people. One is the older people, like me, and um, sometimes ladies uh, from the aspect that you can get dressed, 
carry your tank down and be able to do the side mount while you're in the water so it's less stress on your back and movement because you're not having it on your body when you're walking down the embankment like we're going to be doing next week for the river dive. Now, if you already could take them down and pre-stage them by the water, go on down, then do your side mount hookup. That sure facilitates, you know, the strain and pain of trying to get up and down the embankments without your tanks. Yeah, I agree. And I'm just thinking of those days where I'm when I'm doing doubles and stuff and the side mounts just seems attractive but i'll find out when i get to that point in my in my dive training now something a little bit farther on down they're talking about what the impact of diving is at the park department a few years ago the county was making an estimated twelve thousand five hundred a year in dive fees uh he hatcher successfully proposed a change in the fee structure to make diving here more attractive to divers and sought to increase that aspect of tourism now divers can buy a one-day pass for 25 get all their consecutive dives for ten dollars each making it more feasible for them to stay an extra few days they can also buy an annual pass for 150 rather than 300 they had to do before the schedule change now the county realizes between 25,000 and 30,000 in fees so there's an example it's kind of using that walmart strategy lower the price and you get more volume in so they went from 12,500 by lowering the cost plus the objective was to get more tourism into that area and so if they're spending that much more on fees there's that much more in tourism coming in if you happen to listen to rich on diver sink he talks about uh how he encourages people to wear their dive hats and go in the local business and, and let them know that you're a divers and that you're spending your money there they say last year 2,000 divers from 40 states and 20 counties visited and Blue Strings are considered the premier training spot because of the clarity of the water, which I think is kind of inherent in cave diving in Florida, isn't it, Mac? I believe it is. I'm, I'm just curious about how big the area is. And uh, $25 a day, to me, is a lot of money. We normally pay 5 bucks to get into our parks around here, 5 or 6 So I'm, I'm trying to figure out what do you get for the extra money there well, you know, for 25 and then each day after is 10 bucks. That's that's still a considerable well, amount. What do you pay if you go to a quarry? I mean, if we go to Hague or if we go to Gilboa or White Star, you're going to pay more than, I mean, you're going to pay more than $5 that we're paying to DNR ramps. I, I don't really know because I don't go there. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think Gilboa is $20 a day. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Or maybe it's for the well, weekend. I can't remember. But I, I think maybe what they're paying for there is you also have what camping availability, you have air, you have a, you know, it's not just a hole in the ground that you can go dive. It's yeah. got other yeah. items. Yeah. If you go to, uh, you know, like Warren Dunes around here or some of them, they have more amenities then you're going to pay proportionally more to get into it. So that's uh, yeah, the difference between playing for parking and playing uh, uh, for more of a pass. But yeah, you're, you're right. Gull Lake, you know, we're, well, we're talking six, eight bucks there. Mm-hmm. Well, five bucks basically to get into the parking around here. Depend if you're out of state or not. It's seven bucks there at the piers. Mm-hmm. But but I think kind of you're almost making that point that you know if you're finding twenty five dollars expensive, uh, you know what was it before? Yeah. You know, yeah. If it had been much more than that, that would actually turn you away or limit the amount that you could do. Yeah. In in some good news, we have a scuba center that's expanding under new ownership. Aqua Sports is now going to be called Dive Ventures, and it's moving to a larger site in April. And they show a photo in the article of doing some construction. So that's that's nice. And um, I heard that uh, DEMA is starting to promote swimming programs, and that's what it looks like this, this uh, expansion is trying to take advantage of. 
they're going to have a 14-foot dive pool, and it'll be part of an 11,800-square-foot foot complex, uh, 11,800-square-feet complex. Uh, the pool is going to be two and a half times larger than what they currently have. It's L-shaped and 25 meters long. That will not only allow diving, but lap swimming and swimming lessons. And there'll also be a water slide for kids. So, um, Multi-purpose use. Exactly. And that's kind of seems to be the strategy with uh, dive shops. You can't just be a dive shop. You have to be something else. And we've seen some of the dive shops in the area actually go after some of the swimming programs. Uh, but none of them have their own pools. J&R used to, as I recollect, have a facility. It was not a, a huge pool, but it was something that you could actually get into and get a little water time. And that was also something if you wanted to try a PC or regulator or some other configuration of equipment, you could at least get into the water that's over your head and try it out. Uh, well, the, their old shop had a above-ground pool. Is that what you're talking about? or Yes, yes. Yeah, I, th- I think they still had it, but they kind of... I'm sure there's probably an insurance or liability thing, but I think they were just using that mostly for uh, testing gear. So, I mean, any any of the gear I bought there, they never said, hey, you want to go try it in the pool? They did stand behind it, and they would warranty it. But. Yeah. And let's see what else do we have on there. We have uh, engagement ring lost and then found. And it's amazing how many of these we come up with. But it kind of makes sense considering that what else would somebody have they'd be willing to pay above the value of the object to have somebody look for. And this especially one is, diamonds in it. So you said, especially if there's diamonds. Yeah. If you have diamonds in it, there's an enhancement there to go look for one too. Yeah. And, uh, what this one came down with, uh, said the drama began when Joanne was playing in the water. She's playing water polo at the century old sea baths and a handy save in the goal and the ball ricocheted away, away along with her perfect engagement ring that her uh, husband had bought for her. I was devastated because Stuart had saved for the ring. While on a tour of duty in Afghanistan, it meant more to me than the piece of jewelry. The bottom of the ocean pool was covered with silt and constantly moving. We tried to find it, but with the fading light, we were forced to give up. Uh, Miss Norman went on to hire some salvage divers to continue search, but to no avail. Uh, Then an online search found a uh, Brad Lovell, who said he just happens to combine scuba diving and metal detecting as his side business. He warned Joanne that the chance of finding the ring was remote, but methodically turning over the sediment, he popped up minutes later saying, would this happen to be your engagement ring? Uh, He said his business grew out of demand. I was using the detector as a hobby, looking for coins in a shoreline. People asked me for help with lost rings or car keys in the shallow. When requests came from people in deep water, I thought it was time to do a scuba diving course. Once the word spread among my friends that I owned a detector, the requests came Uh, began coming in fast. The gratification I feel when reuniting people with a lost engagement or wedding ring is indescribable. Well, he must have a bit of good luck when he's down there, too. Yeah. Well, you know, so they say sometimes it's better to be lucky than to be good. Absolutely. So uh, now what I there's kind of a little sub story to this is it sounds like because they're playing water polo. So -hmm. that to me does not that seems to be more of a pool sport. Well, but, she, that's by the wording that she used. Did you see that? Yeah, it was a hundred. It was a century-old sea baths. So it almost makes me wonder if it was kind of some rock outcropping that over, you know, that somebody had carved in and turned into like a pool area. So is that kind of like a resort spot, like what we would call a beach? Uh, the term she used was was awkward, wasn't it? The ocean pool. 
yeah. covered in silt. That, that didn't give me the impression of open water, per se. Yeah, century-old sea baths. The bottom of the ocean pool was covered in silt and constantly moving. Yeah. So that would be interesting. If anybody knows anything about that, go ahead and send us a line. You can send it to us at the show at scubaobsessed.com, and that will make its way to us. And then the final article up. Let me, let me jump back one. You missed one, which sort of blends right into this. How about criminal investigation recovery services? Yeah, that one was one, uh, not necessarily the news. I was reading another article that didn't make it into the show notes. That was more one for you and me to discuss, but we can go ahead and, and cover it. Okay. I was just looking at that as, he's. that sounds like a cool business. Uh, this is a uh, Underwater Criminal Investigation Recovery Services, LLC. And uh, there was an article on MSN today. And they're talking about different home-based businesses or people who had started their own business and what they do. And this one started about uh, uh, was started by Dean Hamilton as the founder. Uh, he grew up living on or around the Ohio River and spent most of his life in the river as a kid. His love for the water also got him into scuba diving. He later became an instructor of diving. He spent 22 years in law enforcement and became a crime scene technician. Dean began to dive for law enforcement agencies to recover evidence that had been placed in different types of water. And uh, he still assists law enforcement agencies for, for free of charge. Uh, he, he's, over the years, has had people call him to retrieve other items, such as boats, vehicles. Uh, in 2006, he decided to form the Underwater Criminal Investigation Recovery Services. Uh, the company has become one of the best recovery op companies, and this is our marketing material, in the area. Uh, he's using the, he feels he has the best equipment and training uh, that he could get for the crew. Uh, he understands um, the concerns and, and works. But if you if you go through the website and see different things he does, uh, he has a methodology to him about he treats the underwater just like a crime scene. So they follow all the procedures for protecting and maintaining evidence. So uh, and I think in one spot they talks about that the crime scene doesn't end at the water's edge. And he's he talks to law enforcement and lets them know that Water, in some cases, doesn't destroy evidence. It can actually preserve it. So interesting website, but just all the different things. I was, It's one of those, I, I thought I might call him up and just see what kind of ideas I could get from him about what he's been doing and what some of the challenges are because he's, he's got quite a group there. I'd be surprised if they're all full-timers. I looked at some of that. It's uh, nuclear hydro plants, emergency ship repair, uh, that's not sport diving, and I would dare say looking at the comment about our personnel are certified in surface supplied air. Well, if you're doing what they're talking about here, you're definitely talking, you know, either band mask or hard hat. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, did you look at the side scan sonar shots? Well, those are those are uh, the Fisher products, both the uh, the side scan and the metal detector, the pulse tin. But, but look at those screens look identical to what you've got on your Hummingbird. Uh, which one are you at? Because I don't see that anywhere. Uh, click on the link. It says Pictures 2. And that is oh, at the top? Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And then some of the boats, they've got 100,000 pounds worth of lift bags. Well, so far I've not seen other than that one barge. Right now I couldn't handle the barge, but we can pretty much do the rest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I just, I just thought it was interesting. And then... Uh, you know, is is there you know like how they've got towing services? Would there make sense of having a nationwide network of uh, recovery services? That's pretty good. We can definitely tell those are cars, can't you? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that does look like a hummingbird shot. Yeah, that's what I thought when I saw it. I mean, he's got a fisher, but that they show in some well, of the picture. Different items that he's got, I think, for that. I was looking at the, the drop-down camera, do things like that. Mm-hmm. But they're doing a lot of dock work and and different things. So, so that's what that link was about. Uh, the and then the last one up is we have uh, back to the Clouseau. Uh, I'm gonna say Clouseau, which was uh, that was a Pink Panther. Uh, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have had those three rum and cokes. Here, I'll just paste it in there, but uh, Cousteau, uh, his son enlist, helped the divers to monitor the world's oceans. I'll close up some of these windows here. And this is um, the health of the world's oceans has been a concern since the undersea pioneer Jacques Cousteau invented scuba gear in the 1940s. Uh, Cousteau's youngest son enlisted the help of the nation's divers. Uh, uh, the younger Cousteau wants some help in monitoring what he says is a sharp decline in ecology of the deep. If we get people all over the world, divers reporting their observations of marine life, we can have near real-time diagnostics, near real-time monitoring of the health of the oceans. This would be extremely helpful because we could react to problems like immune system as soon as there are problems somewhere. Cousteau told audiences that the Dali Museum in St. Petersburg, that our survival as a species is intimately connected with preserving the number of fish and marine life that is just below the surface. Often we don't realize how survival is connected with the health of the oceans and how protecting the oceans is more than just sentimental charity or environmental arrogance. It's our survival. It's about our survival as a species in this planet. And further, it's our well-being. Cousteau said that visiting Florida to scout locations for the headquarters for the American of the Cousteau divers. This goes right in line with them being up here uh, two weeks ago over there in Gull Lake, if you remember. Yeah. So that's what he's doing. He's on a tour to promote yes. this organization. Correct. Yeah. I'd looked at this a couple of years ago. The only thing that turned me off on it, and maybe it shouldn't, but was just uh, the cost. You know, in one aspect, they were asked, they were making it like, we want you to volunteer, but then they wanted you to pay. So, well, and, years ago, uh, back when I was a member of the Cousteau Society, they would actually take information that you would provide them. But so did the U of M at the time. We would, as a club, uh, give reports and just send them in to the university on when we found zebra mussels and the infestation numbers. But that sort of went by the wayside when they just took over the world. Yeah, the website's just starting to come up now. Uh, looks pretty much the same as when I looked at it a, a year ago or so. Time all blurs together now. So uh, looks like the, they have changed some stuff because before it was pretty much before you could do anything, they wanted 25 bucks. But uh, at this point, it looks mostly informational. Mm-hmm. So maybe they, they're changing their approach. Oh, there I, I see what you probably have to do. There is a form that they get you to fill in. I think that's... And if you are a dive center operator, they also have how you can become a Cousteau dive center. Hmm. Yeah, so so head on over there. I don't I don't see anything where they're making me put in a credit card name. So that's that's actually a good sign. Yeah. Uh, did you, were you going to talk about that Sea Trek Reef encounter? I'm sorry, the what Sea Trek Reef? Yes, that was on your little listings. Did I, I go through right through it? Yeah, it was interesting though. I was just looking at it. New underwater helmet diving experience at Miami Sea Aquarium. Oh He's yeah, how, how I, that's pretty neat. How did I miss that one? Where is that one? I'm not even seeing it. At, uh... Oh, the reef encounter. I was actually I was after the shark repellent. I jumped right on over. Yeah, I here we'll paste that one in the chat room. Let them catch up so they know what we're talking about. Yeah, because they're saying the Sea um, Trek Reef Encounter is a helmet diving experience that allows guests to become one of the park's reef aquarium. 
meaning become one with it. While moving in slow motion in a near zero gravity diving system, sea trekking developed by the subsea systems. Ah, we talked about that helmet, yeah. that uh, helmet, oh, a couple of months ago. Yeah. Uh, can be used and experienced by non divers aged 10 and above. No certification or swimming skills are necessary. Uh, participants may sea trek as deep as 15 feet under the sea. As long as you clear your ears, you're in good shape. Yep. And okay. they did. They did make a comment that uh, your hair does not even get wet and <laughs> uh, that if you pay, it's $99 plus tax per participant, and that gets you admission into the park. But, uh, you know, if I was a dive shop down there, I would somehow find a way to cross market myself. So, yeah, because it was a one and a half hour orientation session. So you mm-hmm. got them sort of trapped in there for a little bit, which means they're going to be getting food and drink while they're there. Yep. Well, just to get into the park is thirty-eight ninety-five or twenty-eight ninety-five for children. Yeah, yeah. So for not much more, I mean, for about the price of a Discover Scuba, you get all that on-time training. So that seems to be an excellent deal. Uh, I just wish they'd have had some pictures, though. Yeah. Well, I, th- I thought when I originally pulled it up, they did, but uh, they're using that Sea uh, Trek diving helmet system. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I'm guessing is that Sea Trek somehow is is sponsoring this just to create awareness. I I think it's a good opportunity. Uh, oh, yeah. I I wish we had something here that would warrant that sort of activity, but uh, I think you need to have some sort of protected enclosed area, and then there has to be something for people to see in shallows. Yeah, which means visibility and probably warm water. Yeah, but excellent. So, uh, so we got a link to that press release again. That will be in the show notes as well. I did look up that other item you had on the shark repellent. Uh-huh. Uh, operating depth for that device is 45 meters. Okay. And well. the storage temperature for it is 32 degrees Fahrenheit to 140. So I don't think we could use it in shark diving out here in the lakes, but I don't think that'd be much of a problem. Uh, it said the exclusion zone, and that's what I was interested, was 3 to 5 meter radius from the center of the antenna. So 9 to 15 feet. So as long as they don't bite you from nine to fifteen feet away, you're okay. I'm just wondering if they had a if they had a charge at you, you know, and attacked, would they be turred before they got to you know, if they hit that at, at nine to fifteen feet? Well, I I think that they should have a warranty. So if you get eaten by a shark, you get your purchase price back. Or your survivors. <laughs> <laughs> if you can collect it, you can get it back. Yeah. I think you can accomplish the same with a tennis ball. Yeah, I was trying to look at the warning aspect. To minimize the risk of attacks, but sharks can be dangerous and often unpredictable. It is impossible to guarantee that all sharks will be deterred under all circumstances. Water-based activities in the presence of sharks is inherently dangerous and not recommended. Therefore, we recommend that if a shark decided, the user leaves the water. Yeah, okay. But if I had low visibility and I was out there abalone hunting or something, it might not hurt on your back. No, that wouldn't be too bad. And also, if that if you've got a somewhat protective spouse or parent, that might be a way of convincing them to let you play near the water. You got your shark repellent. Yeah, it's about what did we say? Uh, six hundred bucks for it. Yeah. Wow, six hundred bucks, really? Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture Ooh. of it. He's got it mounted. And it looks like it's on his ankle, and he's trailing the wire. So you might got a little snag hazard if you were in the river. They have various pictures of people using them when they're uh, snorkeling, and it does come off their, their ankle. I'd probably want it on my head myself. I'd prefer that to be more protected than my <laughs> Yeah, 
your ankle's okay, but you did get deca- decapitated. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd want to wear the most, uh, you know, strongest signal there, bud. Okay, well, we finished off the news there. Now, uh, I didn't get any diving in this last week, and I'm trying to fight off. I've got a, my left ear is a little congested. Something's going on there, so I'm trying to stay out of doctor's office, but it doesn't clear up. I have a feeling I'm going to be in there. You're trying to but, get ready for the uh, turkey dive, huh? Turkey dive, you bet. That turkey dive. Well, in, in the in the river, I think I can manage it because I, well, it depends. If we go to Benton Harbor, we, we, we can get a little bit deeper there. Well, where we're going to be is 20 feet probably the max. I went mm-hmm. to the hole the other day and was playing there, and I got down to 20, which surprised me. Yeah, because yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, because you can go to 20 or if you move out to the middle, which I haven't been to the middle. Maybe that'll be my strategy this week, uh, this yeah, year. Yeah, it's shallow there. It gets back to six to eight feet. Yeah, yeah, because I pretty much stood there by, uh, stood, <laughs> stayed by that, uh, the concrete on the shore. So, uh-huh. but, uh, so you, you got some diving in since last week? Yep, I went out and did um, a pre-dive for the area. I uh, wanted to see what the biz was like and then see what the bottom had changed over the, you know, over the summer. Mm-hmm. And, um. Uh, I put a picture on it of the entry area that I had up from the bank, so if you have an idea of where I'm going to go with that. Uh, accessibility there was very easy, and you could actually sit down on the rock, get everything squared away, rotate, and you're already in three foot of water. So you can still have your hand on the shore, put your fins on real easy, back up, and you're already going down to five feet. Yeah, it gets deep pretty pretty quick there. Right. Uh, right at that area, you have the fa- uh, flat slab concrete that's sideways, so you can actually go down it without getting trapped or touched by the, the trees and stuff. Yeah. And then as soon as you hit the bottom, you'll know it because when you got the sand, if you went four foot off to the right, it started coming back up because you're almost right in that hollow. Yep. And the sand came right back up. And if you went up off to the right, then you're in sand and your visibility improved. So depending on how many people we have, I'm going to take Mary Beth under my wing. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get her down. We'll go deep and move up and out into the middle of the stream. And it'll also cut down the debris path behind us. So everybody might have some visibility. Okay. Yeah, I guess uh, yeah, some, some of the people in the chat room, I think one of them at least is going to plan on making it to the turkey dive. Yep, David. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I, talked, good, I good. talked to him earlier. Uh, where did you recommend for him to stay? I told him I'd get, I'm going to give a call to a couple of the places that I've seen around here. And uh, he told me he's coming up on a Friday night, so I can call him and see what kind of price they got for Friday to Saturday. Okay. Yeah, because the um, uh, Viz hopefully won't be too bad. You'll want to you'll want a light. You don't have to have a light. Oh, but, you want a light. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you don't have to have a light, but I find that the light is nice for, uh, especially if you're staying close to shore, because there's a lot of uh, concrete, and it's sometimes nice to look in the holes and see what's hanging around the holes. Yeah, I know. I normally don't take a light, but I did this time after uh, the experiences we had there in the Cooper River. Uh-huh. Uh huh. With a light, it's 100% different, and not just to look in the holes, because there is a lot of nice places to look and there's some big catfish down there so you can get startled all of a sudden <laughs> just because you see a three foot catfish don't don't swallow your regulator yeah uh, and like i put in the in the uh, fresh mud there's a set looks like an oxycetylene tank out there and two separate hoses meaning assembly hoses that just go all over the place so one i've been playing with but i can't see if there's a torch on it because a lot of the stuff goes under the concrete uh-huh. so it gives you something to look at and that place that I showed that we can go in at, 
Back in the old days, the old spring uh, swing bridge used to be from that location across the river. And that is the area in the shallows where uh, we have actually found the old uh, oil-fed lanterns that used to be on the bridge. Oh. We have found those. It's been many years since we found any, but most guys are not going back out there in the sand. They're staying along the the, the uh, shoreline. Yeah, Dave so, says he needs a 4,500-pound cylinder, so he's going to bring his lift bag. <laughs> Well, I know there's a there's a, a weight belt or two out there that over the years I, I know we have had people lose them in that sandy area. So there's possibility of treasure. Yep. So everybody can, can enjoy it. If not, the first option will be the uh, Whirlpool Bay Basin. Yep. Back where the tank used to be. And I will try to check all that out on Friday so we can talk to those who are going to be there and make sure we get to the appropriate place collectively together yes so have groups in three different places yeah so usually there's a lot of uh fishing lures if you like to collect fishing lures uh during the fishing season which i think is anytime there's not ice uh you'll find stuff it seems like every year we pull up signs and fishing poles and uh, the proverbial golf ball dave says he wants a golf ball <laughs> um, well hopefully we'll be able to do that with the uh, construction of the Whirlpool building down there, the activity in the lower half, half of the park has really been minimal this year. So the grubbing will probably be stuff that came from upstream. But if you go down, you can always check under the bridge. That's always a wonderful place. And it's deeper. And uh, we have found some really nice stuff down that way. But uh, I think we'll have a large enough area that no matter how many people we have, we could hopefully get you there and get you out of the low, low viz. So you stand a chance of finding something. Yeah, I, th- I think I, w- I want to. I might want to try the other side this year. I I pretty much stuck to the one side. Kern is well. I mean, it can depend, but uh, the few times I've dove there, it's been pretty pretty brisk. I mean, you can fight against it, but uh, yeah, you've got enough concrete and structure that you can do hand over hand, and you're not going to have a big deal. It's not anything like the Cooper River. No, no. Uh, but you do want to go a little heavy, especially if you haven't dove for a while and you think you're light. Because if you got a fight to get down, it's not going to be a lot of fun at all. I'd rather be just a tad heavy uh, than not. But you do want to take a dive flag with you. Uh, yep. That's the item that those who are coming, make sure you have a dive flag and a line. Yep, yep. have a dive flag. Um, and the river tool that I find that works was, uh, if anybody saw the one that I took to Cooper River, that's that's a one I've had a lot of success with. It's almost like a little garden hoe. has a hole in the handle for... Uh, a lanyard to go around the wrist and the bottom is sand. So, you know, something that can get a good deep bite uh, can be handy. Well, I think I will be using just whatever debris I can find on the bottom. (laughs) That's what you use. Well, that's what I'm going to use this time. Because again, I think what we're going to do, I'm going to take her out. We're going to try to get to the sand part and Mm -hmm. go from there. Yeah. I'll be wet too. And so will she, Uh, I know it was getting chilly last, last week after this week. Uh, I imagine it's going to be probably five, maybe ten degrees colder. Yeah, it's it. Yeah, and in, in the current, in a wetsuit, in the cold, it, it's hard to get a, a long time in. So, if you're doing some wetsuit diving, make sure you're priming. Have, has she learned that technique yet? Yeah, and well, she'd been on the New Year's dives with us. Remember, she was snorkeling with us for two years now. Oh yes, yeah. See, I, I I don't get to make those dives. Well, you need to. Someday. Once I convince my daughter to change her birthday, I'll be all set for it. No, or, or make sure she's into diving. And yeah, her. yeah, I'm, I'm still working on that one. What a unique way to celebrate your birthday, you know, and the holiday. Wow. 
Yeah. Yep. Yep. There you go. So that's the that's the that's the diving you had this last week. Did you find anything unique when you were diving there? Uh, well, other than the acetylene hoses, I was looking for the torches. So, oh, I did find one bottle. I did bring back one bottle. Uh, I'm trying to remember what the heck the label was. Now it was a silk screen. It was a pop bottle. And for the life of me, I cannot tell you the name of it. But it was one that you normally do not see. I'll put it that way. Hmm. I can't think of the name of it right now. Senior moment. So yeah, I, I'm I'm feeling kind of out of it now. So you're gonna you're gonna get a dive in this weekend. I've got one planned for uh, South Haven on uh, Saturday with uh, Faulkner. Uh, he's gonna try to do that. So if he can, great. If he can't, I oh. might go back out and check the dive site just to see if there's any major trouble areas. Yeah, no, I, I'd love to, but I'm. This is my family's weekend for Thanksgiving. My wife's. Thanksgiving's on Saturday, and then my side of the family is doing it on Sunday. And on Thanksgiving Day, actually, we have no obligations, so <laughs> that will be a little unusual to be home for the Thanksgiving holidays. So you're going to prime yourself for uh, Black Friday? Oh, I don't know. We talk about it, but probably not. No, but uh, check with your, you know, speaking of Black Friday, check with your local dive shops. A lot of them are starting to do Black Friday deals. So yep. I know uh, Richard, They're Richard, doing it. Yeah, Richard Diver Sink is doing it. Who was it saying you're doing it? Uh, SAS. SAS. Yep. Yep. They're doing a Black Friday deal. Yep. And we talked about the other day. They're actually having that dry ice dive. <laughs> that ought to be yeah. unique. And I, I, I can understand why. They, because pro- and people like a party. So that's really what I look at that as being as a party. So I know that they were being kind of tongue in cheek when they said that we can't convince many of you to do an ice dive because I just don't think they're trying hard enough. You can get them in the water. <laughs> I can do an ice dive. They can do an ice dive. Who are you talking about? They, they got a lot of hardcore there, too. Yeah. Well, and then they also rent dry suits. So oh, what yeah. a better excuse to rent a dry suit. Yeah, that's bad, though. You do a dry suit, and you get used to it, and then you got to have one. Yeah. Yeah, I already know i got to have one. I just got to get everything all together. So. Well, would gyms fit you? Gyms? No, probably not. <laughs> no, feet are a little short. Mm, I'm a little short, so... Well, we know how those things have a tendency to either shrink or deteriorate if they're not being used. Yeah. And, you know, he might want to let you use that so you can help prevent that from happening. Oh, yeah, that'd be interesting, yeah. So I, I just need to get one. Uh, now, uh, I think Jim's planning on the turkey dive. I'll have to corner him and see if he will be. I'm looking forward to it. I just hope the weather cooperates. You wait. It's going to be really nice again this week. And then next week for that weekend, it's going to snow and be 12 degrees. <laughs> But, I mean, it's not going to stop us, but... No, yeah. it's, just, it's just another day. Right. And then we generally do go out to eat afterwards. So, uh, yep. if nothing else, you can always come, be sure, support, and uh, go with us wherever we decide to go eat. Yep. And that even may be Pizza Hut, because they have more than pizza. So, okay. people, we can vote and go someplace. I like soup anyway, so... Yep. Hot. Well, like us when we did the uh, the river last year, remember? Yeah, we did that. There's that diner down there. Yeah, then we go detox there and have soup and coffee and... Make up lies a bit about what we did. Get our story straight. So when we talk to everybody else, we talk about the treasures yeah. we found. Yeah, we'll have to bring the treasure chest in when we go. Well, we'll bring the, the uh, changing box. Yeah, I can't eat. Went ahead and got that sprayed down. We did the uh, waterproofing on the top half. All the bars and all that's been siliconed and lubricated. And it's ready to roll. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, let's see. Do we have anything else? Again, we love those four-star reviews. If you... Our five, four star, five star reviews on iTunes. Head over to iTunes. Make sure you keep us subscribed. We also are on 
Stitcher Smart Radio. So you can head over to stitcher.com forward slash scuba, and that will get you actually into a drawing that Stitcher puts on for people who sign up for the service. It is a free service, and you can stream the Scuba Obsessed podcast right there from Stitcher Radio. Uh, also, the uh, oh, we didn't did we talk about the dive club? Uh, let's see what else we got. What else? Do we have anything else coming up other than the turkey dive? Uh, and the ice dive, the and New the Year's ice, ice dive. dive. So New Year's dive dive. So if you miss right. out on the turkey dive, come on out for New Year's Eve and then uh, New Year's Day. I think we're still planning on doing a dive. Yep, got a holiday dive then. Yep. Uh, and we try to do a pre-dive though before the New Year's because I don't really like to have people, especially if you have the ice. It's nice to be familiar with the area first before you start diving it in the middle of the night. Yeah. You know. So it, it, I always like to do that with everybody. Especially if you do the river, I'd rather have you in the river during the daytime, no, you know, no hassle, no threat type, so you get used to where you want to go on the on the New Year's dive. Yeah, it's always good to get a good practice dive in there. Well, I, I like you to be familiar with the area. Gosh, I guess that yawn means it's the guy. Well, hard to, I can't. What's that saying about the show? I can't keep my eyes open. <laughs> one of those days. Oh, it has been one of those days, one of those weeks, one of those months, but. Just makes all that diving all that much greater. Yeah. Well, we're, we're getting to the point that the shortest day of the year is rapidly approaching, which means, yoo-hoo, then it starts getting lighter and the warmer weather starts coming back. So. In theory. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the lighting part will take place. Maybe <laughs> not the, the warmness, but the, the lighting thing will definitely change in December. Uh, I need that light. I, I just seem to be very, very susceptible to the light. A lot of people are that way. You give them, deprive them of the sunlight, and they start getting a little wonky on you. Yeah, uh, maybe I'm the definition of wonky, I think. So we're to that type of the show. Are you ready? I am absolutely ready. Okay, here we go. Farmer Joe, who also just happened to be a scuba diver, decided his injuries from an accident were serious enough to take the trucking company responsible for the accident to court. In court, the trucking company's fancy lawyer was questioning Farmer Joe. Didn't you say at the scene of the accident, I'm fine, asked the lawyer. Farmer Joe responded, well, I'll tell you what happened. I just loaded my favorite mule, Bessie, into. I didn't ask you for any details, the lawyer interrupted. Just answer the questions. Did you not say at the scene of the accident, I'm fine? Farmer Joe said, well, I'll just tell you, Bessie got in a trailer and I was driving down the road. The lawyer interrupted again, The ju- and he said, judge, I'm trying to establish a fact. At the scene of the accident, the men told the highway patrolman at the scene he was fine. Now, several weeks after the accident, he's trying to sue my client. I believe he is a fraud. Please tell him to simply answer my questions. By this time, the judge was fairly interested in Farmer Joe's answer and said to the lawyer, I'd actually like to hear what he has to say. Joe thanked the judge and proceeded. Well, as I was saying, I had just loaded Bessie in the trailer and was driving her down the highway when this huge semi-truck and trailer ran the stop sign and smacked right into my truck in the side. I was thrown into the di- into one ditch, and Bessie was thrown into the other. I was hurting real bad and didn't want to move. However, I could hear old Bessie moaning and groaning. I knew she was in terrible shape just by her groans. Shortly after the accident, the highway patrolman came to the scene. He could hear Bessie moaning and groaning, so he went over to her. After looking at her, he took out his gun and shot her between the eyes. Then the patrolman came across the road with his gun in his hand and looked at me. He said, your mule's in such bad shape, I had to shoot her. How are you feeling? Context is everything, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) 
Context is everything. So, for myself, Mac, Claire, and everybody else in the show, go out there and get wet. And stay safe. That was good. I like that one. Call recording has been completed. Doesn't say much for lawyers, though, does it? <laughs> no, there tends to be a trend we've had in the show against lawyers, it appears. Well, then I'll let you get back to nursing your cold. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for everybody in the, the chat room. We had quite a good chat room. We had uh, Lisa and Philip and James and Dave. So thank you very much for listening. And I'll be getting back with David uh, to give him some information on lodging. I got my kid is down for the weekend. Otherwise, I would have considered bringing him here. But I'll have a, a full house more than likely. But we'll find him some accommodations. And I'll probably go out with him on uh, Friday night. He doesn't know that. But we'll go out and have a beer or something. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just let us know when when he comes in. I I don't know yet. I'm That's so far ahead to plan. I actually think my wife and kids have stuff planned for that weekend. So I know I'm diving. I can tell you that much. Yeah. Well, he said he tried to be here uh, around like Friday at 6 o'clock. So that still gives him a little time to get out. I get my gear ready that night anyway. And then, uh, heck, it might be nice to meet him for breakfast someplace. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, uh, I mean, he might want to get a couple dives in. Well, we'll reserve and do what the weather is like. Yeah, if we have a nice day, maybe we can hit another spot. Yeah, the river, uh, Niles, I mean, I still like that spot. Yeah. And he likes to, if he wants to grub, that'll give him a good little chance because you got a lot of stuff down there we know that's there. So the opportunity to find something is increased in that one location there at Merrimont. Hey, we have somebody from Utah just jumped in. Woohoo! John from Utah. I want somebody from Samoa. Samoa still needs Samoa. Yep, they're asking in the chat room if we're going to do a Thanksgiving Day show, and the plan is right now that there will be one. But uh, you know, watch the websites and Facebook. You know, like. Who knows? I'm planning on it. You you going out of town for Thanksgiving, Mac? I'm going all the way down to Edwardsburg. <laughs> <laughs> so I would probably be available. So I'll plan on doing one. Hello? Hang on a second. I'll be right back. Okay. This is going to be fun editing. <laughs>